This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we've got another amazing show lined up for today. And we have someone that was uh, actually really kind of came across me over the last few weeks. And I found his, not only his story quite fascinating, but also what he's working on is very fascinating too. His name is Jordan Mederick, and uh, he's the founder of one of the fastest growing marketing platforms called Drop Funnels. Okay. Now, it, uh, interestingly enough, what you can do with Drop Funnels is quite inter- interesting. You can build a website, you can build a blog, you can build a sales funnels, courses, whatever it might be. You can build pretty much anything. And uh, Jordan is extremely passionate about innovation and disruption. I love that word disruption. I love it. I love someone that can come to the market and ruffle a few feathers. Uh, but he loves building company cultures, and he's and and he really loves uh, talking about the end, uh, the innovating side and the future of the, of marketing uh, in in the world as well. So some of the things that we're going to be covering about today, guys, is we're going to be talking a little bit about um, Jordan's vision for Drop Funnels and if that's changed over the last few years, because I'm sure that having a fast growth company, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting conversation. We're also going to be talking about uh, we're also going to be talking about the huge differences between click funnels and drop funnels and some of the other competitors, because you know what, there are a lot of different competitors. And I'm sure that you guys, you know, you, you probably use different technology, whatever it whatever works for you. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about um, some of the, um, uh, the the formula to the perfect offer, which I think is really important, especially if you're trying to, you know, convert people that are looking at what you're what you're offering and convert them to paying clients. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I just want to say, Jordo, welcome to the show. I'm I'm glad to be here, and thank you for everyone who's tuning into this and listening. I hope that it's very very much worth your time. Awesome. Lovely. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. But listen, um, I want to get straight into this because I know that, interestingly enough, um, your degree, or when you first started up before entrepreneurship, is in theater, right? And so you went from theater to software company, which is completely different. It's like chalk and cheese. What was the background behind that? I mean, did you, was, it, was it ever a big dream to get into software, first of all? Yeah, no, never. No, I, I, in fact, software is just a mechanism that I use to help people do what they could never do before. But yeah, my, my goal in life is to create things that people fall in love with that changes their lives. That's really my mission is to create tools that make you uh, allow you to do what you can never do before. And so, yeah, I actually was, a. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm not sure where you found that information, but yeah, I was a theater major and uh, a mass comm minor. And through that, I learned how to create experiences. I've always been very interested in film and, and theater and the, the experience that you can give people by with a little bit of preparation and a little bit of almost uh, mental contrasting where you, where you can create something truly unique in the marketplace 
that might carry over some of their current beliefs, but to really challenge those things. And as you mentioned, to disrupt a marketplace. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, now, I want to get straight into, I want to get straight into deep stuff straight away, if I may. And let's do it. Let's do it because, I, <laughs> you know, for me, as, as you guys li- that are listening, you know that I don't hold back, right? I, you know, there's no boundaries on this show. Anyway, um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the big problems that you identified in the marketplace um, where, it, where when it came to things like, you know, um, sales funnels and conversions mm-hmm. and sales, what are the opportunities that you also saw as part of that? So I suppose it's kind of like a double bonded question. It's a very fair question. And because of our naming structure, drop funnels, we have a clear correlation and comparison to, to click funnels. I, by the way, I have a huge respect for Russell Brunson and everything that they built over there. It's incredible. He's a genius marketer. I've used ClickFunnels in the past. Um, in fact, I had a, a WordPress site, you know, WordPress blogs I had uh, <laughs> this tool here, sales funnel builder here, this year, this year, this year. And I was duct taping it all together. And then, I, you know, one day I realized that there's nothing that can bring it together to help me to get my projects launched really quickly in the best way possible. You know, and I, and I, I often don't mention this, but there's kind of a dark side to the internet marketing world as well, where I really believe that there's a lack of not only authenticity, but integrity in this space where literally, and I've seen the data on this happening behind the scenes is that some marketing platforms are stealing customer data, whether you're referring people in or say you're selling your own products, they're actually selling to those customers. They're selling data, they're selling pixel information um, and, and marketing directly to your products as you, as you enter the marketplace. And so even though it means less revenue for us, we've, we've taken a firm stance that we're never going to betray that trust and that we're always going to overserve, always be integrous and be honest through everything that we do. And so, you know, I found that in the software marketing space and, you know, on, on drop funnels, you can, you can, you can eliminate a lot of other tools. It's why I built it was, I, I was, had all these other tools. And so I figured like, why not put it into one place where I can build courses sales funnels, blogs, websites, and I can actually rank in Google because it's based on WordPress. WordPress powers 34% of the uh, the entire internet. So it's a huge, huge ranking factor in Google. In fact, most sites that you find ranking in Google are on WordPress. And so we leverage WordPress AI to to scale uh, businesses and help them get organic traffic. But all of that aside, all the technical side aside, whether it's, you know, page speeds or, or metrics or conversions that we can improve, the biggest thing that matters to me is like, how do we treat people and make them make them a better person and, and lead by example in terms of how do we up-level our own standards and the standards of people that are around us and to treat them with respect, including their, you know, where they're at in their journey. You know, a lot of people come to us as maybe newbie entrepreneurs. Some people are extremely advanced. Uh, and so we want to meet them where they're at and help them get to the next leg in the journey. You know, it, you, I want to pick up a couple of points that you said there, because what's really interesting, and I love the fact that you mentioned about the fact that, you know, you could have a membership site and then you could have um, a, a sales funnel site, and then you've got to get your duct tape and kind of, that's kind of like how I feel sometimes. And I'm sure it's probably the same for some of our listeners. And that, for me, not only is it frustrated, but it pisses me off because it's so time consuming. You've got right. to learn, you've got to learn not one, not two, not three, but four depending on what you offer, what, what, whatever industry you're in, you've got to learn how that particular software works in terms of like the operational side of stuff. But also you've got to think to yourself, well, is my time invested? Because, you know, it can take huge amounts of hours, man hours to learn and understand 
how the psychology works behind each of the software packages. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think that there's a technological side and there's the psychological side. I'm glad that you brought that up because really the a lot of sales funnel builders that make it really, really easy to, to build things out and drag it out. They have the psychology, but not the technology that actually helps you to both rank and to create authority in your niche and to capitalize as the king of your king or queen of your marketplace. They have the psychology of that, but not the tech, right? And so the other side is you could go hire developers and coders and programmers and try to figure out your own servers. And then you get fast pages, you get rankability, you'd get all the tech side, but not so much the psychology. So, you know, for me, that's the biggest problem I was literally solving for myself was like, how can I launch a business in a weekend? How can I promote a new product in a single day? How can I put a course together in a matter of hours instead of weeks, which is what I had done previously. But yeah, I think, I think in large part, although drop funnels doesn't do everything under the sun. In fact, I don't think there's a single platform on the planet that would do every possible thing that you can imagine. Um, there are some great ones out there, but you know, I, I think for us, what we want to be is the world's best marketing platform period. And yes, there's a learning curve with any new platform or software, but the difference is, I think for us and what's important to me is that we show up to lead people in that way and support them through every leg of the journey. Nice. Like it. Interestingly enough, I mean, I was going to ask you, how long have you guys been running? We just had our second birthday. So we're in our third year now. Okay, cool. Congratulations. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we survived. <laughs> we survived the sophomore year, which hopefully is a good sign. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Very cool. All right. Awesome. So um, interestingly enough, and I, one thing that I really love talking about is people's vision. And I'm sure that before you even started building drop funnels, there was a particular vision at the back of your head about like in, from a clarity perspective, right? About number one, the opportunity and how to kind of demystify some of the confusion that's currently out there. I mean, there's a lot of confusion, right? Um, mm -hmm. How was, what was the, what was the vision back two, three years ago. And how does that, how has your vision adapted? You said, mm. you know, I know that um, last year you went through a bit of a, I don't know, a life change, I suppose, or, or kind of a, a bit of a, um, a hurdle, a massive hurdle as such. How mm. does that, how has it changed for you in terms of, you know, in terms of the vision? How has it helped you become more clear in terms of your core offering as well? Boy, such a great question. And it's, it's loaded. So I'll try to answer it as succinctly as I can. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think the, the best way for any human being, and I believe this to my core, to take control of their own life, whether financially, time, family, or otherwise, is to leverage entrepreneurship and entrepreneurialism to create the vision of the future that they see and bring it to the present. I believe that deeply. I think people can be, do, and have anything that they want. And with that, embracing that perspective means also embracing the tremendous and deep and painful valleys and challenges that you're going to face inevitably, period, inevitably. It's going to be painful. It's going to be scary and it's going to be very hard. And, you know, for me, I've, I've had lots of jobs. I have what I call my 21 jobs in the past. I was a sham wild <laughs> salesman. I was a traveling magician. I've been a paper boy. I've done painting. I've done all these other things. And in each one of those cases, there was some false sense of security, financially speaking, where I was able to build other people's dream. And, and as soon as I broke off 
onto my own to to build what I see as the vision of the future, um, it it ended up meaning a lot of scariness. And so I've bootstrapped this entire project. I've never taken a dime of any investor money, even though there are people throwing seven figure offers out there. We're saying, no, that's, that's not our vision for what we want to do. And so we've taken probably the hardest possible route to, to build something that we want to see. And it's, it's a challenge every day. I'm, you know, I think, uh, you know, right at the end of the tail end of last year, it was a little bit of a breaking point for me that, I realized that, you know, sometimes you're going to face an entrepreneurship that the challenge that you face, challenges you face are almost, they're feeling insurmountable. They feel bigger than you. They feel like you could just crumble under the weight of how difficult it is to not only make decisions, but to act on those things and to lead a team to do so. I mean, I've got about 10 to 15, you know, there's contractors and different 10 to 15 families that I'm, that I need to take care of. And with that, especially in, as you mentioned, a very, very crowded market, you know, for us to, to break out requires tremendous effort. And I think every entrepreneur is going to face that, that your, your vision is going to evolve. Your plans are going to evolve and change. And I, I think really what happened with me, you know, about six, six months ago, where I kind of hit a breaking point and realized that I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. And I need to change things for myself, for my family, for the better good of humanity and, and, and to be less overworked in that way. You know, I've got three small uh, young boys, six, three, and one. Wow. And I, there's nothing else in my world that I want more than to say, when I get later on in life to not regret this time right now and say that I missed it because I was working my butt off. And I think, this hustle culture mentality of like, you need to work 18, 21 hour days and hustle nonstop and have 15 different businesses and income streams. You're missing the best part of your life and sacrificing that for the things that matter to you right now. So I, I've just built my life around that. And, you know, I'll traditionally work maybe five, three to six hours a day on, you know, on average. Then I spend the rest of my time with my boys. Cause I never want to regret spending that time there. So as an extension, every feature that we build in every new training or new tool or, or template or whatever that we build in is entirely built on that facet that I want to empower entrepreneurs to get their own time back and to spend more time with their family because that's what matters. And if they look back and say, Hey, Jordan was the guy who helped me to see a path for not drilling and diving into my business daily, but I was able to set some of my time free to go do the things I really want to do in life, uh, you know, I'll be really happy at the end of the day. What was the, um, what was the big turning point for you at that? Was it health? Was it kind of like your wife, or your relationship with your wife had broken down? What, what was the big kind of like catalyst behind that? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I would say it's my, my relationship with my wife, Julia has been a total bedrock. We've been solid for married for 10 years, over 10 years. And um, it's, it's never been a challenge, you know, having three, three kids will definitely challenge any human being, period. <laughs> like that's I a, got four. So I know <laughs> that's, that's a wake up call. You know, Absolutely. They say that four is only slightly harder than three, but from going from two to three was quite the wake up call right. for us. That's for sure. Um, but you know, I, I, I feel like I also suffer from a little bit of entrepreneurial guilt where if I'm not working in the business, I, I tend to feel a little bit guilty for not doing that. And if I'm not spending time with family, I feel guilty for not doing that. Mm. Um, so that's a little, a little bit 
a vulnerability behind the veil that I struggle with all the time. And I felt pulled in two directions. And so it's been for sure a, a balance of progress of deciding what actually matters to me. And really like the question is, would, would you rather earn a million bucks in a month in take-home pay and you're getting divorced, your kids hate you, you're, and your health sucks, or would you rather earn a hundred thousand bucks a month and you're happy with yourself, you have great relationships, uh, your, your wife actually likes you, your kids are, are begging to spend even more time with you than you're, than you're able to give them, right? It's like, for me, I think it's priorities. And yeah, we all want to see financial remuneration for, for things that, that we, can, we can create. But you know, for me, I think what matters more is, is deciding what actually matters. So for some people, it's money. It's like, that's their currency. For me, money is not my currency. Time is my currency. Yeah. And so yeah. everything I do is, is facilitated around letting my business fuel my life instead of the other way around. You know, it's interesting, the whole kind of what I call the, the hustle culture, which was very much what I call pre-2020. You know, like it was, I, I don't know about you, but us in the Western world, whether, whether you're in the United States or you're in uh, the UK, I think that we've been grown up into, even from a very young age, where we looked at our parents and they worked their asses off for like 40 years into a mm. career, whatever it might be. And it was kind of like, hey, son, if you work hard, guess what? You're going to reap the rewards. Give yourself a You're going to retire one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you ever retire or have a heart attack by the time right. you're age of 60, um, <laughs> whatever choice you have. But I guess what you're trying to say then is it's a matter of like choosing your priorities and kind of taking a step back i suppose you were your your big approach was kind of like you took a step back and then kind of what i call um take infantry right whether it be in your personal life or and and, and kind of weighing up the pros and cons would you say that was about right yeah i think you've got to constantly readjust for that in fact i feel like i do that every day like i'm constantly adjusting today was a great example literally today we were readjusting uh, an advertising budget that was really uncomfortable and to increase it to a level that is like, wow, I could literally buy a car every month <laughs> with that increase in ad budget. I could choose to do that or I could go make this other decision. Right. Um, and, and, and those are the hard decisions to make. And I, I think, I think the real hustle culture did come from that. Um, it, it, it was birthed out of people wanting so badly, not to have to work those 40 years to hope to retire one day. It was, it was birthed out of maybe good intentions. Um, but I, I think when we project that to other people about how they should live their own life, they, they find that they're much less happy. There's all this, this comparison and imposter syndrome stuff that pops up. Right. Um, and, and people are generally less happy because they feel like th- that money is the only thing that matters. And mm. I just don't subscribe that it is. I think money makes the world like it, it doesn't make the world go around, but it lubricates the wheels, right? So I, I, <laughs> I think like it can help to to buy some things, you know, to, to buy us creature comforts and whatnot. But I mean, there's substantial studies done around, um, you know, what, how much happiness money can buy and all of that. And and, and with that, there's a, a very much a diminishing return in that. And so, yes, I, I think everyone should, if you're entrepreneurial, you should focus and work hard. There's no doubt about that. And you should also try your best to serve people at such a high level that it warrants you collecting a uh, collecting um, 
an, an amount of money that fuels your life and is commensurate to the value that you put out into the world, 100%. But do I think like a new entrepreneur should be working for 20 hours a day? No. I mean, should people be unhappy working in, in the business that they are? No. And, you know, I'll, I'll take that to the, even to my own demise, you know, I'll, I'll earn less revenue in order to overserve people and to be able to live a life that I get to choose. Cool. Love it. Very good. Now I want to get back to marketing because you know, what's an interesting about this show is that, that I said, like, I mean, you listeners know, right. I like to freestyle, but there is an element of kind of preparation that goes behind the shows. So I'm going to go back to marketing now. And I really want to talk a little bit about, you know, I know that some people out there, especially in industries where, I don't know, they have, they have this thought process where they feel like, Hey, I can just build a business based on referrals and introductions, which I think that that's completely delusional perfect personally. However, there are certain industries that do it very well, you know, management consultants, law firms. Hey, you could pretty much get away with it, I think, uh, if you've got some what I call uh, really good affiliates and, and, and good partnerships and stuff like that. But let's talk about the perfect offer. What does it look like in, in terms of like if, if, if I had a landing page in front of me, what are some of the things that, you know, are kind of like must when it comes to from, okay, I am a client or I'm a prospect that comes across to your landing page. I'm looking mm-hmm. at what you're, what you're, what you've got here. How is it going to take me from, I am interesting, interested to I'm buying any thoughts there? Yeah. So I think, and, and th- I'm going to give everyone here the answer that you probably don't want, but it's the right answer. And it's the <laughs> answer that I think everyone needs. So I'm going to hide the broccoli and the chocolate a little bit. Nice. There's three components to getting any human being to buy from you, period. First, we have to understand, I'll, I'll give the three components in a moment, but we have to understand that people only buy their way out of pain. I truly believe people do not buy pleasures. They're only buying an escape. Even if it's, a, it's like a status, they're buying a brand new car. It's always an escape from feeling like you're inadequate, right? When you buy food, you're buying it because you're hungry. You don't want to be hungry anymore. It's not because you want to like, hey, I need to future pay so much, right? So I, I think the number one rule to understand is that people only buy to escape pain, period. And when you leverage that and understand that your offer is directly related to solving a pain and the bigger the pain you can solve, the more you can charge for it, you're already off to the races. So these three primary components is first what I call offer then there's funnel, then there's conversions. And so when we break these pieces out, it makes it a lot simpler and a lot more palatable for us to understand. Um, we can dive deep into the perfect offer formula. There's four questions that I love to ask that actually gives people an algorithmic uh, formula. So, so maybe we can just cool. d- d- you know, dive directly into that. But the, there's the offer. The, the offer has to be so good. And I think most people struggle with this. It has to be so good that people feel stupid for saying no to it. Alex Ormosi has a great book on this called $100 Million Offers. Um, and I love his stuff. He's amazing. I've got a, a book coming out later on in the fall called The Perfect Offer Formula um, that teaches a lot about this stuff. But I'm saying that if you change your business, change your offer, you'll change your business and you'll change your life. The offer is so critical. If you have a bad offer and you send a lot of traffic to it, it won't convert. If you've got a great offer and you have even minimal traffic coming to it, it will convert. So the better the offer you can make, the better. Then there's the funnel aspect. And I think really generally a funnel is only a series of steps for people to make a decision. 
that they already want to make in the first place. Right. So you mentioned lawyers, for example. So if I came to a landing page for a lawyer and what is their ultimate goal? It's to get them to sign for me to sign up as a client, right? What's the step right before enrolling me as a client? Well, it's probably having a conversation. What's the step right before that? It's booking a call in order to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. What's the step before that? What's having a landing page, perhaps either with an opt-in or explaining how you can help solve a particular problem. Hey, have you been, that's why self-injury attorneys (laughs) have have done so well. They'll say, Hey, here's, you know, if you've been in a motorcycle accident, we can help to, to get you top dollar. That's the attention. So that's why we like to reverse architect funnels and say, what is it that you want? And work backwards to the front point where a funnel ultimately just leads people to where they want to go. And each step of the funnel just facilitates pushing them in in that direction. And finally, the last component is conversions. It's like once you actually have an interaction with someone, a one-on-one call, maybe it's a webinar or a VSL, a video sales letter, or you're just doing like a low ticket offer, no matter what, it's like, what are the numbers that actually work out? If you can get a 1% click through on your ads and you can get a 10% purchase rate and maybe a 10% upgrade rate to your primary high ticket core offer, do those numbers actually make sense? And a lot of people that I talk to directly uh, or clients that I'm consulting, they'll like their offers almost always broken. They're undercharging because we feel like, hey, the lower I can charge, the more people will buy it. And we find it's often quite the opposite. The more you can charge, the more you can command in the marketplace and set yourself apart as, as a premium. So those are the three kind of components I think that, that come into place is, is uh, really the offer conversion, uh, offer funnels and conversions. Because when we, uh, interestingly enough, I want to pick up something that you just said, actually, because you said uh, number one was, which is creating an offer, which is so good, right? But then when we think of the word offer as so good, what does that look like in terms of, you know, because it, it could mean price, it could mean, you know, like the bundle or whatever it might be, right? The stack or whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess it means so many different ways. But if we was to look at it from price perspective, say it was, I don't know, it was such good value and they're going for more kind of um, quantity versus quality. What's your thoughts about if the offer is too good about the fact that, you know what, it actually puts people off because they might sniff a rat or, 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 or the fact that actually, you know what, that's just way too good to be true. What's your advice for people who don't do create offers like that and maybe they're kind of stuck. I love that question. That's it's, and I think this is a perfect time to dive through these four questions that I like to ask about uh, to, to give kind of an algorithmic score about how good an offer is. And, and generally for me, I think price is the very final component to even consider when it comes to an offer. Here's the, here's exactly why. If I were to offer you a Lamborghini for $200,000 versus a Lamborghini for $2,000, you would immediately say there's something wrong with that lower Lamborghini. There's something, there's something wrong there. There's a lack of uh, ability to deliver on that promise, which is substantiated by the price. So my perspective is build the offer to be so good and then attach a price to it. That can always be variable. um, That, that makes it make them love the offer first, then associate an investment connected to it. So really quickly, here's the four questions. The first question you want to ask yourself, it's what I call the who. It's the who. So 
essentially on a scale of one to t- uh, of zero to 10 for the perfect buyer, what is it worth for them to get the solution instantly to evade that pain right now? If I'm out of shape and I want to get a six pack, like what is it worth to me to actually get a six pack right now? Right. It's going to affect everything from the price to the, the, the delivery to our target avatars and zero being worthless and 10 being invaluable. How good or, or how, how valuable would it be for someone to get that right now? Okay. So that's the who, that's who we target are people who value what that transformation can do for them. If, if I'm, I don't know, maybe super overweight and I don't care about it and I love eating fast food and all that, a six pack doesn't mean anything to me. The value to me is, so I'd be a bad target to attract to that offer because it wouldn't be interesting or motivating to me. Right. Question number two, this is called the risk. So people are always trying to balance between benefit and risk. hundred percent of the time they're saying, how do I get the benefit and mitigate the risk? So if they follow your process exactly, how likely are they to get the intended result that they came from? So if, if I were to take a pill and it gave me an instant six pack, clearly that would be more valuable. Like, like I would, if I took that pill and I got a six pack versus 12 months of training, clearly the pill would be a better offer. It would be, it would help me to get that virtually guaranteed. So you want to judge on whether zero is like, it won't happen. 10 being guaranteed. If you do what I tell you to do, you're going to get exactly what you need. Great example of this is when we were kind of child rearing one of our babies, we we went to a sleeping coach because the baby was just not sleeping at all. It was a total disaster. <laughs> and they said, hey, within two weeks, we're going to help your baby to sleep between eight and 12 hours a night guaranteed. One of the best offers on the planet and it worked. <laughs> it's got like a 99% success rate. The likelihood of that happening is extremely high. It's how we get referrals, social, uh, social media posts, testimonials. It's how we get the proof that our process actually works. And this is very much a question about like how good you are at delivering what you deliver. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I'm the best lawyer in the world and I can guarantee I'm going to win every case, people are going to be much more attracted to my offer. Uh, question number three is the when. So this is all about a timeline. It's called the when. So compared to them doing it on their own, like I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work out nonstop and try to figure it out. How long is it going to take for them to get the result when they work with you directly? If, mm-hmm. I, if you can take the weight loss example, I can either take a pill and get a six pack instantly. That would be a, an extremely powerful <laughs> offer. It's instant, right? But then there's also, you know, on the far other side of the spectrum is fitness coaches who it might take three to 12 months to get that, to get that result. Right. And in the middle is liposuction, right? You could charge 30 <laughs> to $50,000 for liposuction and outside of a little pain and healing, you're, you're going to get that far sooner than, 12 months, but not quite as quick as a six pack pill. So that's what you want to be thinking about. And generally zero to three is right around one to three months, how long it takes for someone to get a, a fixed result. Four to six is four to six months. And then seven to 10 is about six to 12 months. Right. So like th- this generally comes down to how quickly we can push people to the result. And the pa- this is why this is so powerful and why this is so important you don't have to be the cheapest if you can deliver it the fastest. Nice. Straight up. You don't have to be the cheapest if you can deliver it the fastest. Speed is a great motivator for people who can say, hey, if I can find the love of my life in a week versus 12 years of trying to date around the dating scene, 
it's a far better offer. The final, <laughs> the final question I love to ask is it's called the how. So this is very much about the effort that's required, physical, mental, emotional effort that's required on behalf of the buyer to get the end result. So zero being uh, like no effort at all and 10 being the worst pain possible. You can essentially decide like, okay, if it's a 12 month fitness program, there's gonna be a lot of physical, mental and emotional strain and effort and sacrifice required to get that. Zero is that six pack abs pill that I can take it right now. And there's virtually no physical effort. Really what that does for us is helps us to put it on, on, a, on a bit of a scale. And the further that you can push it up to minimal effort, the better your offer will convert period. So the best case scenario for this is if you're doing like a done for you offer or that that's, that's the best case scenario is like start. If anyone's starting a brand new business or you're trying to really improve your conversions, add done for you elements or make your entire offer done for you. And you can 10 X the price point on everything that you're doing because you're removing the customer's human element from the process. So those four questions really do help you to move the needle in one way or the other to help improve conversions overall and make a better offer. Love it. Love it. Some very good stuff. This is juicy stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you are getting some great golden nuggets of uh, inspiration and some some tips and tactics. And, you know, I think what we've covered today uh, between myself and Jordan, we, we, we've, we've covered a lot of groundwork from mindset through to vision, through to, you know, marketing tactics. I think we've really, co- uh, really covered a, a broad spectrum of everything. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's been a really fascinating conversation. So I just want to say thanks for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. This has been this has been really fun. Yeah. So listen, I know that um, um, with, with regards to, I know we're coming towards the end of our conversation now, but tell us a little bit more about how people can get hold of drop funnels. Is there like an offer or whatever it is that's available? Um, tell us a little bit more. Sure. So yeah, for people who, say you've already gone through that exercise and you've got a great offer and you're trying to automate that process to generate leads and clients online. Um, You know, DropFunnels is a platform. You can build your websites, your sales funnels, your blogs, sales pipelines. You can SMS and email text back and forth with people. You can build your courses and there's, there's a lot of power to, to building in an infrastructure that helps you with SEO. But I always say like, everyone should just use the tools that they're, that, that they believe are going to serve them in the best way possible. Right. Currently we've got a free trial. So anyone can come in and get themselves completely set up without us charging them a dime. We also have some done for you options, you know, as well. If people are saying, Hey, I've, I don't have nearly enough time to get this set up for myself. How can I leverage some other people? So we do have some options for that. So anyone can go to dropfunnels.com and grab a free trial. I'd love to, if anyone has any questions or you, you want me to point you in the right direction, my personal email is Jordan. J-O-R-D-A-N at dropfunnels.com. Any question, maybe you need some encouragement. Maybe you need some connection to the traffic sources or agencies, or you need some done for you services or, you know, you know, whatever it is, maybe, maybe your relationship with your wife stinks. And you need some <laughs> advice. Uh, you know, I may, I've been through enough to maybe I could help you out, but shoot me off an email. I'll be happy to help anyone else who's made it this far into the episode. By the way, for full disclosure, I just want to say Jordan is not a relationship coach and he never will be. Uh, that's the first thing. <laughs> <Correct. laughs> not a relationship or investment. <laughs> 100%. But listen, you know what I love about um, 
how you wrap that up, because what was really interesting is that you don't get many people on here that are so open and transparent that say, hey, guys, if you want to if you want to jump on this, I will give you my personal email address. And I just want to say thank you so much. And what we'll do, guys, if you guys that are interested in drop funnels, of course, and interested in connecting with Jordan on social media uh, or, or on his email address. Right. What we'll do is we'll put the links below. So you'll see the links below and then click on them accordingly. And when you do reach out to Jordan, please do mention the podcast because then he can put kind of put two and two together. So, um, so mm -hmm. I hope that kind of helps. Yeah, cool. So listen, Jordan, I just want to say thanks so much for being on today's show. I really, really greatly appreciate it. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Awesome, guys. Listen, hope you've enjoyed today's amazing episode. And uh, I was going to say to you, if you haven't already done so, please, please make sure that you leave a five-star review. You can leave a one-star review if you want, um, <laughs> but leave a five-star review either on Apple or Spotify. And if you, again, if you did lo love today's episode, you can also buy me a coffee. at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Game Changers as well. From me and Jordan, hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you again on the next Game Changers experience. Take care and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Game Changers Experience. I would be gratefully appreciated if you could leave a good or a bad review. It doesn't matter, one or a five-star review, whichever you prefer, on any of the platforms, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, see you soon, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, see you soon.